In the previous two recordings, we discussed the parameters of that when someone is a muqzik, when someone has money under his possession, no one has any rights to it unless he has the equivalent of Edim, of two kosher witnesses, proving that he has to give up that money. Until then, he's allowed to hold on to it, even in the case of Suffolk, and there's a doubt who, if he really has the right to it, even against the majority, even against the Rav. And there's not even an Israel Suffolk Gezel. Even though in all other areas of the Torah we have a Suffolk, we would follow the majority. And when you're dealing with an Israel in the Torah, you'd have to be Machmer. Even when in a regular case of doubt, you don't have a a Rav on your side, a 50-50 Suffolk, you'd have to be Machmer on an Israel Torah. Somehow when it comes to money, even if you're up against the majority, not only does the guy have to bring Edom to get it away from you, but there isn't, there isn't even a Isra of Leisigzel in the case of a Suffolk, and we use the Rishim and Shkop to explain why that is. So now we just want to give some limitations on this rule of Muxik, that just because you can win and the other guy has to bring Edom doesn't automatically make it that you're not considered a Goslin and you never ever have to give any money or any leeway to anyone who has a claim against you until he brings in two kosher Edom. So the first one, which should be obvious, but it's just spelled out here in the Shulchan Aruch. This is in Simon Yud Beis. Says the Shulchan Aruch, Simon Yud Beis Sivav, Mi shetoivim oisei momen shel muchzik boy. Someone who others are trying to get money away from him, but he is the muchzik. This is on page 12 in the booklet. So this person is holding on to money. Others have claims against it. Says the Mechaber, he's not allowed to look for ways to avoid paying so that the other person will come to compromise and be Meichel. Even though the other person ultimately will be Meichel because he wants to get the money, still, if he's being strong-armed into doing that, it's also to do so. Says the If he went and did this, even if he already did it, and the guy went and said, "I'm Michael, the rest, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. Just give me fifty percent, and we'll call, call, we'll call it a day." He's not until he goes and comes up with the rest of the money. So even the person clearly said, "I'm being Michael." So you'll walk out of Basin and say, I won. I owe the guy 100%, and I won in Basin. Since he couldn't prove it, he realized he, he, you know, he had the lower hand. So even though I knew I owed him the money, but I knew he couldn't prove it, so therefore he, I, I got him to agree to a compromise, and he was said, I'm being Michael. So Basin Paskin, that he, that he only has to pay 50% or anything like that, still, he's not yet to Shemayim until he goes pays him the full amount, since he knows that he owed the guy the full amount, and he only the person... His litigant only agreed to this compromise under duress because you forced him into it. So you're not yet today shamayim until you pay the full amount, which gives us the general rule that just because you won in Bastin doesn't make you right. You hired a good Tayin and he managed to find you a way out that he won't have to pay. That does not make him correct. And as far as shamayim is concerned, he still has to pay every penny. It's true that Bastin is limited by what they can do. If they don't have Adim, they have no right to step in and demand payment. But the person who knows that he owes the money, and even though he, though he, he pushed the, a compromise up on his opponent, still he is not considered until he pays the entire amount. So we're not giving anyone any rights to be a goslin 
just because we have a Moetzich Alvaraya. Moetzich Chavir Alvaraya is a limitation on society, on the Beistin, that they cannot take action against a Muxik unless they have kosher Edim. But just because a person is a Muxik, that does not give him the right to strong harm other people to to either be Moichol or to, to, to walk away from money that they're entitled to. So that's one very clear limitation, that if the money is rightfully owed, you have to pay it even if you're a Muxik. Second, we have the concept of Lotzis De Shemayim. This brings us to page 13 in the booklet, in Bab Metziah, so other places also, but here it's brought out a little bit more clearly. The Mishnah, Lamazayin of Aleph, says, If someone admits to two people that I stole from one of you, money, I stole a full hundred zoz, I stole a money, I'm not sure which one of you. Or a second case, one of your fathers entrusted a money to me. And again, I don't know which one of your fathers entrusted the money. No, you saying he has to pay a full money to each one. Because he admitted either that he stole from one of them a full money or that one of them, their fathers, entrusted him with a money and they don't know. He admits that he was entrusted with his money. He has to give the full money to both of them. Mishnah continues, Here, if two people actually entrusted money to somebody, one of them gave a money, one of them gave 200, and now, each one is claiming that they were the ones that put in the 200, and the person is saying, I don't know who it was, says the Tanakama, over here, each one only gets one money, the rest he can he holds on to it, until Eliyahu comes to reveal to whom it belongs. Amr Rabbi disagrees and says, If you're going to use that, that each one gets back a full mana, so then the liar has nothing to lose by asking for 200. So better, Rabbi says, Since they're fighting amongst each other over who is the rightful owner of the 200, so both of them get nothing until they figure something out or until Eliyahu comes to tell us who it belongs to. So skipping out of the Gemara, the Gemara picks up on this first case, where the Ganev, the Goslin, is admitting to two people that he stole from them, and we said that he has to give the full money to each one. So, so we see that, at least in this case, for some reason, we're ignoring the fact that the Goslin is the Muxik, and we're saying, Masafik, he has to pay each one of them, he has to pay both Ruvian and Shimon the full money. And we don't say that, listen, Mr. Goslin is the Muxik. So therefore, let Reuben and Shimon prove that it was stolen from them, where he shouldn't have to pay either one anything. Or a mini. In fact, the more steer from a different price. It says, Shnaim Shef If two people entrusted money by one person, Zeb Manav Zeb Masayim, one of them entrusted a Manav, one of them entrusted 200. Both of them are now claiming that they deserve the 200. You have to pay the Manav to each one. Only one Manav. And the remaining Manav that's in dispute, the rest remains in escrow until Eliyahu comes. So you see, they don't say that Misafik, he has to pay each one 200, rather. What Vada, he goes back, each one gets a money, but the, the part that's Misafik, the one that the money was entrusted to, doesn't have to give back anything. Omerlei, so he told, responded, Pikodin, Agezel Koromis, you're asking a, a, from Pikodin, a case where they entrusted money to the case of a Gazlan. The first case of the Mishnah was the case of a Gazlan. So Gazel, Davari, Sura, Kansura, Bonan. When he did it with a Gazlan who went and stole money, he did an Isra of Gazel. 
So then there's a Kastar Abonah that he has to pay both of them the full amount when he doesn't know who, who he owes the money to. But because in the Yisura, when dealing with the money that was entrusted to him, he didn't do any Yisur. Like Azura Abonah, the Rabbanah didn't give him a Kast that he has to pay both sides. Well, I was not happy with that because the second case of the Mishnah, we can ask a stira of two cases of Pikadin and also a stira of two cases of Gazel. What's that? Pikadin, Apikadin, with the case of Pikadin, Apikadin will be like the Gatani ratio, the first case of the Mishnah. First it said the case of Gazel, and then it said, It says, One of you. One of your fathers gave me a money, and I don't know who it was, and still we say, He has to give each one of them a money, even though there was only one money that was entrusted. And he doesn't know who it was. It was either Ruvain's father or Shimon's father, or the Mishnah Paskins. He has to give both of them a full money. So here we ask this theory, we ask this theory from the case of two people that entrusted, one of them was 200, one of them was 100, and there the halacha is, each one of them only gets one money, and the money that's in dispute, the money that's in doubt, Neither one gets, and the Mosik holds on to it. So that's a clear stira. Omar Rava says, Rava, Reisha Nasa Kamishev Kiduloi Bishne Krikais. The first case of the Mishnah is similar to an entrustment that was done in two separate bundles. To have a that he should have been careful. Meaning, the first case of the Mishnah was that someone is coming over to Reuven and Shimon and saying, Your fathers, one of your fathers, gave me a mana. It was either Reuven's father or Shimon's father. But the other person was not involved. So there was only really one person involved. It was either Ruvain's father or Shimon's father. Neither one trusted anybody else. Both Whoever it was that gave this person the money trusted only him and said, I'm you're giving you the money. You are I'm expecting to return the money to me. And now he's coming to two people. They're the descendants of Ruvain, uh, meaning the, 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 the son, Ruvain, or the son Shimon. And he's saying, it was one of your fathers that gave me the money. So he's clearly betraying that trust. He didn't know who it was. So by not knowing who it was, he should have been careful. Now it's his fault that either Ruvain's father is not getting the money back or Shimon's father is not getting the money back. So therefore we say he has to pay both of them. As opposed to the Seifa, we're talking about two people came together and they both entrusted at the same time the money to this person. Ruvain and Shimon came together to entrust the money themselves. One of them gave 200, one of them gave 100. So Seifa is similar to a case where both of them gave one bundle together to lay have Leila Medak. He didn't have to be careful. It's similar that they both gave the money at the same time. So then, just like they, when they're giving the money in front of each other, and they seem to be trusting each other because each one sees what the other one's doing. So the one who's getting the money is saying, I was not careful to see who gave the money because... Since you guys came together, I assumed you guys trust each other. So I wasn't more careful than you. So if you guys are now in a dispute, I'm not going to settle that dispute. Figure it, out, uh, figure it out amongst yourselves. As opposed to the ratio, there's only one person involved. That would be similar to Ruven coming to give the money. And then Shimon, at a separate juncture, came and gave the money. Neither one knew about the other. So then the one who has the money can't say, oh, I just wasn't careful. Neither one trusted any other party. They only trusted the one who took the money. It was his job to mark it well and keep a keep a, a cheshbon of who deposited what. Since he did not, he has to pay both of them the full amount. So Taisus over here, in the middle of Dibra Maskel Hasam, 
It says, you know, what happened to all the rules of Hamish ben Chavayel we're discussing? It says Taisvis, Lokach Nira. It seems to me Tais makes a chesed. He says the Kulamasnis in Ari Shemayim. The whole mission is not talking about a real chiv that Beisdin would get involved and force him to pay. Rather, we're talking about somebody who wants to be Yitzed Shemayim. He wants to take care of his chiv Klape Shemaya. As far as heaven's concerned, he has to pay. The ratio where it was his fault, as we said, because only one of them entrusted him the money and he doesn't know who it was. So he should have been careful to know who it was that entrusted him with the money. So therefore, it's his fault that he, the, the true person is not going to get his money back. So then, so there, when it comes to it's not a chiv and based in, but it's a chiv as far as heaven is concerned, as far as Shemayim is concerned. So then, if he wants to take care of his obligation, he's going to have to pay both of them. But the Sefer, the Bukach Echad, the Sefer, where both of them came and put deposited the money at once, since, as we said, it wasn't his job to check who was giving what, because they both came together and clearly they trusted each other. So then, I feel about it. Then, even as far as Shemayim is concerned, he doesn't have to give any more money than his Vaday owed either to Ruven or to Shimon. And anyone that's in dispute, he's just going to hold on to it and say, you figure it out amongst yourselves. So the point is that we're trying, trying to see from this Gemara is that even in a case where Basin cannot be mechai of you to pay because you don't have two kosher witnesses saying that you have to pay someone, if it's your fault that this person is losing money, there could be a chiv, let's say, zidei shamayim. And this is something we find in several places throughout Dine Mominus, throughout monetary law, that there's not a chiv to actually pay the money. I'll be based and Basin cannot enforce that you're going to pay the money still. There would be a chiv, lots of shemaim. It's considered a real chiv. That as far as shemaim is concerned, it's not just a mitzvah they have to do. It's considered a chiv. That it's something you must pay if you want to be yoytze, if you want to take care of your obligation towards shemaim, towards heaven. It's something that you must pay until then. You're considered a chayv as far as dina shemaim is concerned.